0: To handle that cape for the last time.
1: Return to Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Andy N's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken,
0: Spoken Label. Hi, it's Andy N from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on. Beginning in 2016, and as of speaking, has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on spokenlabel, full stop, bandcamp.com. Although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish, I'm always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable me to keep the running costs of this podcast going. and Enjoy. Take care. Bye-bye. Spoken Label. Hey, guys. the end Spoken Label. Back in the house on a Tuesday evening. Not too, bad, not too bad tonight. Last night was bloody freezing, but today's all right. So, well, I are over to one of my favourite areas in Manchester today. My second favourite area after Stretford, where I was born, we're heading to Cholton. Now, people obviously know I grew up a lot around Cholton because I had a kind of uncle that lived on the corner of St Clement's Road. And also our co-run Speakeasy. The open mic spoke a word called Mike Now I remember and the deceased wife. So, the lady who got with us today, I'm sure she said she lives on the back of Morrison's, which is straight in the center of Chalton. Now, I met her. Li- oh, well, that's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Completely out. She'll correct me in a minute then, but I do know her name. And I met her for the first time last Thursday, and she's a lovely lady called Rebecca Kenny. Now, Rebecca, then, for people who don't know you, know where do you live then? <laughs> so, can we get it right?
1: No. So- I, um, I live in Northwich, so I'm a oh, really long
0: God. way away. Yeah, okay, yeah, forget that. Yeah, forget that you altogether. You then? Car, no, I have a car was...
1: around the back of Morrison's. So
0: ah. Oh, ah, that, was, that was it then. No, I thought, I'm sure he said he lived back of Morrison's last week. So, as you can see, um, Andy N, example, shit for brains strikes again. <laughs> so, I so, wish seriously. I lived
1: in Charlton. I really wish I did because it's amazing. I, I awesome. used to go there a lot when I was there, in my teenage years.
0: Ah, right, yeah. My, my <laughs> brother actually lives in Crewe, actually, does. So he lives on the, big, uh, the, big, uh, the back of the big car. Is it the car factory on there? or oh, that might yeah, have gone now. Not
1: too, it's not too far away.
0: It's yeah. Tell us, yeah, so tell me about yourself. Have you always been originally from Northwich, then, have you?
1: I was born in Warrington. Oh, so, right. well, I'm a bit of a wanderer. I, um, yeah. I went to university in Sheffield, hmm. um, and then I moved down... I did. Oh, I worked for a summer in Norfolk. Then I went to Portsmouth. and I'm Qualified as a teacher. Then I went to Brighton. I spent a decade there. Then I went back up to Liverpool.
0: Oh, wow. And now I'm
1: in Northwich. So I've done a done a circuit of the of England. You
0: have really, haven't you? Blimey. Which part, of Brighton, which part of Brighton did you live in? That's another part of the world I love.
1: I was um I was in Hanover originally, <coughs> and then I moved to Hove, and I lived in Hove for a few years
0: yeah no, know it no i know i know hove well one of my best mates um i used to go uni with i'm digressing it but we'll catch, catch up <laughs> in a minute uh one of my best mates hi andy if you listen to this my another andy right um when i first met him he lived actually in kemptown you know kemptown yeah. is and then uh, my first poetry book is actually called return to kemptown my now. love when well, my <laughs> love of the area so and, and he lived in hove as well so but anyway, so obviously then um and obviously now you live in eventually ended up living in North, which is where you are. So tell people about then obviously don't know you, where did all your creativity come from originally then?
1: Oh goodness. I I always read when I was growing up. Um my grandparents on both sides were really encouraging of me to read. And it was how I amused myself as a child. So I had a big collection of books. Uh, and oh
0: love it we were also
1: a very musical household so my mom was into all types of music so we had we always had music in the house from punk to motown to pop um so i think it's it's kind of a an amalgamation of the two of them it's it's me wanting to tell stories but i'm not particularly musically inclined so poetry was a nice middle ground
0: yeah I think it, it tends to be like it? it was um I don't I don't want to go too much of me here, but I ended up before I really got into poetry, I actually formed us and it would make you laugh. I was actually fronting when I was like 19, a cough knuckle knuckle band called after midnight. <laughs> me had, too. Oh wait, oh God. What was your what was your dodgy band called then?
1: We were called Rampage.
0: <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it oh dear it's awful. oh no mine wasn't much better we were good after midnight and <laughs> i used to at the time i had 20 inch 28 inch hips i used to wear tight 24 inch leather pants oh. i had a big long wig on, <laughs> and that was hard work i couldn't sing on all our songs with bad joy division red we've had the
1: same experience yeah.
0: oh. <laughs> i mean, tell me if you agree with this do you always believe you've got to be bad for you come good sometimes haven't you Your creativity
1: I think it's good to, it's
0: good to have that experience
1: of, of being awful it, it gives you a bit of humility I think
0: definitely oh, oh definitely I didn't mention really <laughs> what you learn by people there uh, so now obviously I want to move forward a bit more because I know obviously now your story itself of what starts with quite a sad event which you, I know led to your book we're going to talk about today so I'll let you tell people about that first of all it's probably best coming from you
1: Okay, well I only started performing poetry in August last year. Um, thanks to Lisa O'Hare, who recommended me to Jopy at What's the Sketch? And we Oh, we adore Lisa.
0: We absolutely adore amazing. Lisa. Yeah. Um Amanda and Lisa are pretty pretty always good laugh to get together because they're both absolutely potty on Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was Lisa who recommended me, and then Josie ran me, and I was like, "Me? Why?" And um, and I did a show in Altrincham, and then I did say in, and I loved it, and I got the bug. And then I was driving to work on October the first, and at seven, it was about seven twenty in the morning, and I, it was my my usual route that I drive all the time, and there was a patch of oil on the road and I lost control of my car and. I spun the car because I tried to steer into the skid, but as I say in one of my poems in the book, it's harder when it's not a metaphor. So, uh, yeah. So I lost control, spun, and then I got T-boned by of all oh, the cars, oh, all the cars in the world that could have T-boned me. I got T-boned by a yellow Fiat Punto. Oh, God, oh, this st- <laughs> is even worse, isn't it? Like, it just adds an extra layer of devastation. Yeah,
0: it wouldn't have been. Too, I know it's horrible what you went through. We're going to come on to that seriously. But if it had been like a Mercedes or Rolls Royce that'd done it, you wouldn't. I know it's it wouldn't it dead not now. that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. exactly. oh, God, a yellow a yellow Fiat punta of all oh. the cars. Um, so, yeah, they came into the side of me and they pinned me in. And there's a funny story uh, that I have to share with you, because when I crashed the car, um, my phone was in a phone holder on the window and it flew out of the window. But I was connected to Bluetooth. So I was listening to a podcast and I was listening to a RuPaul's Drag Race podcast um, with Alaska and Willem and I was so lucky in the car behind me there was a doctor he was driving a Mercedes behind me and he got into the car with me and held me still because I was like trying to get out of the car I was like still got all my teeth I'm gonna get out um so this doctor was going you know what's your name um how are you can you can what year is it and in the background there was these two drag queens just having a really graphic conversation about sex (laughs) And he was like, can oh we turn this God. off? And I was like, I don't know where my phone is, and they're dead. <laughs> so it was just mortifying. So yellow car, oh, and no. then the poor doctor had to sit oh. through.
0: oh
1: <laughs> to sit through that until the paramedics <laughs> came. Um, so oh. you've got to laugh, haven't you? Because it's just ridiculous.
0: i think the saying I always use, if you don't laugh, you cry.
1: <laughs> well, that's very true. yeah, but yeah oh. they, it took three fire engines because they had to cut me out of oh. the car. So Wow. I had, I had just such an attention to Chopped the roof off the car and then they, they had to slide me out because all the seats were mangled because I was driving a Toyota IQ. It's like a shoe. Oh, the tiniest yes. car in the world. So, yeah, they got me out on a board and then they, they take me. But, like, it was great. I got loads of gas and air and... I got to see how airbags work. I've never seen one up close before, so that's nice. Oh, God. But, yeah, then they took me to Aintree Trauma Centre because it was an 80-mile-per-hour crash. Um, And when I got there, they did a a CT and an MRI, and it turned out that I'd broken – let me see if I can remember. I'd broken two vertebrae in my neck, and I had severe whiplash. I'd broken my sternum. (gasps) I've broken two vertebrae in my middle back. I've broken two in my lower back. I'd also broken my sacrum, so just above my coccyx, and I've broken my pelvis in two places. Oh, my God. So I can (laughs) quite confidently say I'm very, very lucky to be alive.
0: Oh, yeah, completely with that one. It's a heck of a journey that is on yourself to get out of that. Now, obviously, um, I don't know, I, I think it's kind of, iron in a way. So obviously, then, like your crash and learn, your full-length debut collection came from that, really. And I think yeah. that's—I think that's such apt name, obviously, for what you've <laughs> gone through. Now, what made you first of all then want to do the book? Well, when I
1: was in the hospital, I was really lucky because my phone came out of the accident relatively unscathed. It was in a bush somewhere, and um, and I was on the ward and I wasn't allowed any visitors because of COVID so I called a couple of friends and you know how do you call someone and go I've been in a car crash and I've broken my neck and my back but I'm okay don't worry um, so yeah. then they were all like well what can we do and and we just decided to write together and we wrote loads of poetry because I had nothing better to do I was literally stuck in bed um and then we ended up with a load of poems, and it was actually Steve Mingle who said to me, um, you should put these in a booklet. And so we made a little pamphlet called The Poet Who Broke Her Back, and we sold it for to raise money for Aintree, and we raised £400 in the end for Aintree. Wow. A former wow. center, Which is mad, wow. because they they did save me. They were amazing. And, um, and off the back of that, I got into putting my writing together in, and I was like maybe I could write a collection I've got time now I'd, I wasn't going anywhere I was in bed learning to walk again so I had at least two or three months of just sitting there
0: oh god I would have been climbing the walls after that Respect you you're not going absolutely crazy over that
1: <laughs> <laughs> well there were there were moments for sure but it was I mean it's been a bit of a, a whirlwind journey because I started writing And a lot of what I wrote didn't make it into the book because it is so depressing. And, you know, people always look at people like me and go, oh, gosh, you're so inspirational. I can't believe you've come through this. But if you could see my notebooks and see some of the depressive stuff that I wrote in the early days.
0: Yeah.
1: It's processing, isn't it? It's like processing.
0: I think sometimes you need to get that all that negativity out of your system. Before you get yeah. to the good stuff, like I before the music. Like it was, um, I had some of the situation I became diabetic just over 10 years ago. I must have wrote about 150 poems about it, which I am never, ever going to show to people because it's yeah. too, too full on. And it, yours must be identical, the same situation. It's probably worse thinking about it.
1: I think it's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like, it's an event that nobody really will understand unless they've been in it. and. For me, definitely, I I have yet to meet more than maybe one or two people who understand. And so when I was trying to write about it, there are a lot of things I go back to and go, no one's going to get this. And but in a way, the writing helped me to process it all because it was such a mad. Like I remember talking to a surgeon and saying, I can't find anybody on the internet with my injuries. And he said, Well, no, because they're all dead. And and it's it's like what oh, do you do with that information wow. and it, so for a long time i was like oh i'm so lucky but then on the flip side i was like but that's so scary it's it's such a scary thing to know that you came so close to to not be here anymore and then that kind of led me to think well if i'm going to do it i should do it now because i've got the time i've got i've got the momentum and i should probably do something otherwise
0: all of this has been for nothing. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you completely. And it's like looking obviously like at the, I want to go on his this next actually, the Bent key Publishing website, which obviously I know you founded. It. Um, it's interesting enough what you've stated on the website, and this is what I found is a real burst. It's where you wrote all the, wrote the full collection, pretty well, I can understand, to October the 1st and New Year's Day, didn't you, this year? Yeah. And do you look back, you look back at that now, you are only in based into February, you realise how, how how the book's almost come to life itself, hasn't it really? Very, 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 very quick period that really.
1: It's been a really like I said, it's been a bit of a whirlwind journey because mm. I I think it's it is quick, but I have had literally months of time in bed. So um so it's been just me using that time. But Bent Key came out of that almost Oh, I don't want to say serendipity, but it was it was a really weird turn of events in that I put the poet who broke her back out, and and then I, I got a couple of messages from poets saying, "Do you know how? What did you do? How did you make it? How did you put it together?" And I was like, "Well, it's really easy." But then I realised that what came quite easy to me, being an an, an English teacher by trade doesn't necessarily come that easy to everybody else and so people started asking me for help and asking me to help them and then one day I just woke up and thought well why don't I just publish people I can do it I've I've, I've got the now so I've got the experience um and then I went back to those people and lo and behold I've now got I've got a roster of nine writers and i've got publications coming out until november
0: yeah i can see also i don't want to go too much into your future on that but certainly website alone's got one two it's got four writers yourself listed on it mm. the one i know personally tom stocks and he was an absolute champion guy love Tom, I really, really love Tom's work I do. And I'm looking forward to explore, exploring some of the rest of your writers as well, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But do you find that, like I yeah. said, it's been a whirlwind, Mike, and it's really interesting, like, it, obviously, What tell people that they don't know then, why Bent Key Publishing as a name?
1: So it's called Bent Key because when I came home from Aintree, I had a big bin bag full of the clothes that I was wearing on the day of the accident, and I got my trousers out and they were all ripped up because they've been cut out of the car. But my keys were still in my pocket. And, um, and I pulled out my car keys from my pocket. And my front door key was there. And my front door key was bent almost in two. And the little icon that's on the website, the little bent key icon. So Sam, my graphic designer, she's amazing. That's my key that she's turned into a little vector. Oh,
0: brilliant. brilliant.
1: So that that's the actual key. Oh. I sent her a photograph of it and and she turned it into that vector and and so that that is always going to be the reminder but it works on two levels because I've also got a 3-year-old called Beckett and his initials are BK.
0: So, oh, love it, love so it. we're
1: bent key and then we're BK. So, so it's named after the key and it's also named after my little boy. So that's quite nice.
0: Oh, brilliant, brilliant. No, I can't. That's a great Great way of doing it <laughs> indeed. Now, Now, I want to move on to a few bits and pieces. I know you're involved in because, like, it was when I went on to your link uh, your link tree uh, page, it was pulling things up I wasn't expecting. So so <laughs> I, want sort of, I want to go to one or two of these. And henceforth, i tell you honestly, when you do interview podcasts with people, the best bit is sometimes actually a surprise on things. That's why you find <laughs> out. Now we'll go from top to bottom on these, obviously. Now too so many. <laughs> well, it'd be. We'll see. We'll, we'll cover some of course cover someone anyway, right? And um, tell people first of all, like, you've got several playlists and mental health on there. Now, what made you want to do with these then? First of all, then.
1: I just love music. I love music, yeah. and I feel like. Sharing music is such a deeply personal thing to do. And I am all about connection. And I love getting to know people. And one thing I love doing with my friends is making playlists, because I feel like someone's music choices, you can get a really good insight into the sort of person someone is from what they choose to put on a playlist.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 no, very, I, was, I was at one point last, last year, I was actually like a monthly mixer was and whatever I was listening to, and it got to the stage when I had some people contacting Amanda saying, is your auntie okay? This is very strange music sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It's, it's So I, I I, at Christmas, I shared my Christmas playlist, which I just think is the best Christmas playlist ever, and um, and then people were saying they really enjoyed it. So then I shared my songs for when you feel like shite.
0: Which I could <laughs> what it
1: says on the tin, on the oh yeah I and, can see um, that yeah. I built, I built that with my friend Lee on a day when we were both feeling really miserable. So we both contributed <laughs> to it. And um, and then my five and a half hours of nostalgia for tired old indie kids like me.
0: Oh me, I can relate to that. Yeah, all the Britpop. <laughs> All the stuff that I used to dance to when I used to go out. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to have a proper look at these, definitely look forward to it. So now I'm just I'm just going straight down on this, book. I want to ask you obviously we've talked you've talked obviously about your pamphlet, first of all, the poet who broke yep. her back. Now this is a bit of praise really. So but I, I love the fact that obviously is people are wondering, you can still pick up that first collection, I can see seven fifty a minimum of seven fifty. But what I do like is that is you've set it up as pay what you want for the e book ebook copy as well. So I'm yeah. gonna I'll turn off anything I'm gonna be getting out later strike after finish here, it's no problem with that one. So I'll <laughs> put a couple of pounds down. So that's why. So that's a bit of praise for you because I think that's really good. It shows you want people to still do the awareness on it.
1: Absolutely. I'm not interested in making money off of it. It's more just raising money for Aintree because they did such an amazing job with me. And I'm not easy to look after for a week and a half
0: well or they like, did it really well <laughs> i think it shows some of those people that when they get like that they, get, they can get very patient they that they're paid for what they do, and they're very good at it because like when i got i was in hospital for a week and a half when they're pumping fluids into me, I a diabetic and i was climbing the walls and i was a lot less patient than i am now so i know <laughs> what you do you, have what you do you learn don't you so that's why now obviously i want to talk about your launch as well because you've got a big launch coming up haven't you i have yeah so
1: crash and learn When I decided to do Bank Key, I decided that if the first person to to go through the mill should be me because it's my company Um, and I wanted the learning curve to come from publishing my own collection. So so on the 24th of February, we are releasing our first book and uh, it's my book, Crash and Learn. It's at the Pen and Pencil in the Northern Quarter.
0: Now I, um, don't know, I don't actually know where the pen and pencil is. Actually, I know somewhere around Northern Quarter. Where is it? It's, on, it's on
1: Hilton Street, so it's it's just it's just down from the Feel Good Club, and it's over the road from the Whiskey Jar. So there's right, a I know I know, I know where
0: the Whisky Jar is, right? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, yeah, of course, it's, it's I'm right I'm, I'm half <laughs> Scottish, so uh, you can guarantee half Scottish knows where Whiskey Jar yeah, is. I love Whisky whiskey yeah. Jar. But um,
1: yeah, it's in that area, so it's walking distance from. Piccadilly Station um and the tickets are free um you can purchase a copy of the book when you get there or you can purchase one in advance and you can have it signed or not signed but um I've got a load of amazing poets supporting me and actually I've actually got Anthony Briscoe who's one Yay. of my favorite poets has has agreed to MC it which
0: God, God help I um, yeah.
1: believe that. you!
0: Yeah. You've got to get him. You've got to keep him off the stage. That's the problem there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm. I'm going to joke. Oh, him, mate. <laughs> he's
1: brilliant. I, I absolutely adore Anthony. I think he's brilliant. And I was
0: um, winding I was what last night on Facebook, and I'll tell you about that off mic later. I'm not repeating <laughs> that story. His reaction. Um, if it'd been in person, it would have been explicit what I said to you yeah. <laughs> Well, no,
1: anyway. I made up. I made up because I've got. I've got. Aunt's going to be there and a couple of other key writers and um, and a, a few <laughs> friends of mine. And I actually found out the other day that one of my old students from Brighton is coming oh, all the way up. That's
0: good that's, I that's,
1: good, that's good. that's good. That's
0: going to take a while to get down there. Blimey. By I, think way, there,
1: well, I, I think she might live in Manchester now.
0: So it's well, not I, as impressive as
1: it no, sounds. But, no, um, I,
0: I hope she lives in Manchester now because like I said <laughs> I know my, my my friend my friend living in Bogda Regis now said so before living in Kemptown and he he drove up from there the other week to see me and Amanda. Oh it's a and
1: while.
0: I, yeah, he took a break, he took a took a stop off in Scarborough for a bit, so that's why yeah, it took him about six hours. So yeah. So anyway, anyway listen, we're digressing. <laughs> right, So now I want to know next as well. Obviously, um, what is right outside? an off-grid retreat them. so i know that's coming so up right later in the year
1: it is right outside it's something that i put together before the accident actually and um what i wanted i was talking to a load of poets and we all were having this discussion about how amazing it would be if we could just go somewhere in the middle of nowhere and sit down and write poetry and read and sleep under the stars and it it kind of made me think, well, why can't we do that? So I started looking for exclusive use campsites and I found an amazing one down in the Mendip Hills near Glastonbury um, called Chesterblade Hills. And they've given us the exclusive use of the entire place for a weekend.
0: Oh, brilliant, brilliant. So we're
1: running an off-grid retreat and it's, it's brilliant because it's it's not completely empty. It's got an amazing cabin with hammocks and a kitchen and kitchen facilities and um, but there's no phone signal so it's, it, it is out and away from Instagram, away from social media um, and again so I've got a few amazing poets supporting me there. I've got Emma-Jane Barlow's doing some spiritual writing. I've got Will Stevenson, uh, Michaela Violet are coming and doing workshops there. Donna Matthew is going to do some poetry and yoga workshops.
0: Brilliant, Um, brilliant, yeah. You've got this mapped out, well.
1: (laughs) It's from the 15th to the 17th of April. It's £100 a ticket. Um, And yeah, we've still got a few tickets available. So if you want to come and just, Sit under the stars with us and read poetry around a campfire and do some meditative writing and walking and just have a jolly good time. To
0: join us i'm i'm on way too much too much medication to do all that stuff nowadays unfortunately <laughs> well me but, too
1: now i don't yeah. know how i was supposed to be doing the, the mindful hiking i don't think i can hike anymore i'm gonna have to rethink that one
0: but yeah you'd have to just, you'd have to just tell will Stevenson or briscoe you're doing it instead <laughs> yeah <laughs> into it. And they're, both, they're both gonna kill me for that as well. No, they are but anyway <laughs> anyway well Obviously, to obviously start winding down, Rebecca. There's a few things, a few other things I want to touch on today, okay? Now, obviously, yes. we've touched on briefly about Bent Key Publishing. Now, I know you've got a number of writers signed up for it. you you got books lined up for the rest of the year? Certainly for the end, end of part of the year. Is there anything you want to can reveal about what's coming up then? So um, yeah,
1: there's a few writers that we've officially announced. So Tom Stocks, as we said, his collection is coming in March alongside James Walton. So both writers from um, the Wigan area. I think well, Tom's originally from Bolton, actually. Yeah, um, he's
0: Bolton, he's Richard Bolton. I'm not, I know someone who knows him, so yeah, he's definitely Bolton originally.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, so we've got two really amazing launches coming up in March. So there's nine in February, and then on the 5th of March, we've got James Walton. And he's releasing his chat book, Belt In. And what I love about James's chat book, and what made me want to work with him, is that it's all written phonetically in oh, Wigan yeah. English. Oh so, wow, wow. So when you read it, you read it in James's voice. It's dead clever. Um, and I just love it. It's we I asked him to make a little Pinterest board for his front cover, and it was just all pie balms in Canzalaga
0: brilliant brilliant <laughs> so
1: that's, that gives you a little taste so we're releasing his front cover on friday because it's all done and it's ready to go um and then we've got tom's at the end of march his collection lovely chubbly and that's a full collection uh, how good a name is that lovely Oh,
0: brilliant oh yeah Now i'm personally i've only met tom once a month uh, what was it now we met you obviously in January. It was November. I met him last year to speak easy because I no no December December it was. Yeah. So you can see bad my memory is because I we, we did I was I we had COVID in January so yeah, that was it. December I met him and yeah, he was telling him all about his plunders. But then he didn't tell me who it was with, so <laughs> that's why I think <laughs> I think I mean, that's why but I didn't know where who went. But you know, he's, got, he's a great guy. I'm really really. He oh, I like him no, He does more than me and um... his energy levels was. Oh,
1: goodness, I know. But his, again, his collection, it's divided into sections. So he's got a ranty section and a memory section and a laugh section. And it's all in, Tom. you can hear, that's what I love about the poets that I've chosen to work with. You can hear their voices through what they write. So when you read Tom's poetry, you can hear Tom talking. And when you read James's, you can hear them. Even if you've never met them before, you can hear their voice. It comes through their words. Yeah. Um, And then we've got um, in April, we've got Ellen Clayton. And she's a writer from um, Suffolk. So she's our only non-Northern. She's like our guest Southerner. Oh, cool, cool. Um, she's releasing a chapbook called Home Baked in April, which is all about relationships, family, um, nostalgia, and again a really warm-hearted collection. And then the the final announced writer of the moment is Emma Jane Barlow, and she's releasing a massive full collection called Sins and Sunflowers in May. Um, and the rest of the writers have not officially been announced yet, so I'm gonna. I know
0: I know one of them yeah he's, he's, not, he's not kept his mouth quiet to me on facebook oh, no,
1: he's absolutely welcome to share it but we've been doing little teaser campaigns and i don't want to i don't want to steal the thunder no no we'll say, we're it. not
0: saying we're not saying anything i know who the gentleman is that's the best way to put it to you he's not been he's been going on about it all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> what I can say,
1: just i am so so ridiculously privileged to to know all of these people and every single person that I am working with through Banky, A, absolutely deserves to be published because they're brilliant. I constantly pinch myself going, why do these people, why are they trusting me? But This is amazing. Um, but all of their voices are so important. And we're doing some really special things to raise the voices of people who, for whatever reason, might be ostracized from traditional publishing either because they can't afford to pay to play or they um, want to present in a particular style that traditional publishing houses don't like or um, I'm not I'm not running it like a traditional snotty publishing house where everything's got to be perfect if it's submitted I'd rather work with my writers to make something really special together so yeah
0: Oh, good the, person it, you're,
1: yeah. the person you're talking about, I badgered him for months and months and months, and he's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then actually when we sat down together and talked about it, we were like, we can make something amazing, and we're going to. It's going to be brilliant. Yeah.
0: The gentleman, A gentleman? gentleman we can give hints about and was, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Amanda used to run a magazine called Printed Word, she did. And wow. we aired him on a selection panel a couple of times before it was pre-lockdown anyway and we had to persuade him and we had to persuade him we had to persuade him that's all i'm going to say right so.
1: well i mean it, just some clues for the writers we've got we've got non-binary blue hair um princess emo supply teacher there you clues so yeah. tattoos blue hair non-binary piercings emo supply teacher and princess
0: Plenty of that, plenty. That's all That's all we need to say <laughs> there. Definitely, with that one. So, and obviously, as of recording, I'm on your website at the moment. I know it's still open, your submissions to the 28th of February. This yes. podcast is going to be going live just before that. So, obviously, like if you hear it, then you're thinking, ooh, <laughs> oh, oh. Get it in quick, okay, That's all I'm gonna say there, right? So and Rebecca doesn't know this, but I've actually recommended somebody to you already, to be honest. With you. So you might oh, be hearing brilliant. hearing from a young lady that I was sorry to speak easy last week. So what we'll come on to that, I'll tell you about that afterwards, right? So <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, right, um to conclude Rebecca, obviously, um I think we've covered everything now and in a pretty roundabout way. Now, obviously, if people want to find out more about you, where do you recommend they go? So I'm on
1: Instagram. At Rebecca Kenny Wright. Um, I'm also on Twitter at rkenny underscore um, I'm more active on Instagram than I am on Twitter. Um, Benkey Publishing is benkeypublishing.co.uk and we're on Instagram at Benke Publishing and Facebook at Benke Publishing and Twitter at Benke Publish, and we're active on all those platforms.
0: Sounds good to me. So, right, well, with that mm-hmm. bit, then we'll wrap up the first half, Rebecca. I want to give you about as much time as we can to do a few pointers in the second half because okay. it's brilliant stuff, and we'll give all to this. So, thank you again. We'll see you in a minute. Yeah, guys. Spoken Hi, guys. Yes, it's my time for a break now. Rebecca's been pecking my head off for about three hours tonight, she has, so I can <laughs> calm down now. No, seriously, Rebecca, over to you, my friend. Okay, I know you could do a couple of pieces for us.
1: Absolutely. So I'm going to read um, three pieces from my book and then I'm going to, if we've got time, read another little piece that I've written to perform tomorrow night at Mouth, which is run by Lowell Perkin. It's an amazing event. And I wrote that for Lol, so I'd like to share that one. So this first one is um, it's called String Theory and it's from my collection. And one of the things that has weighed quite heavily on my mind since the crash is the nature of life and death and I started reading about quantum quantum immortality and and the idea of different timelines and and whether there are timelines in which I didn't survive the crash and it led to this poem which helped me to unpack a fair few things so this is called string theory there is another universe in which I died where the skid turned into a roll and my skull opened on dank tarmac, where one man lives with the feeling that even though this was not his fault, he is somehow responsible for the screeching blood marks on the lane. A world in which my phone smashed and nobody could call home to tell them I was gone. There is another string of existence in which I close my eyes to brace and that was the last thing I felt before I ceased to be a part of it. Sometimes I sit awake at 3am and think about this and what life without me would be like, whether I leave more of a stain on the world than the crimson imprints on the road, or if I'd forgotten quickly, like a talent show runner-up or leftovers from a terrible dinner. But if the sun struggles to rise because it is now November and the air is growing chilled, I also remember that i should not dwell on the physics of the universe and that if i intend to i must also realize that we are infinite and for every universe in which i met a violent end that day there are 20 in which i wake up and that's
0: fantastic (laughs) fantastic yeah (laughs) It does, it raises a good point that really, like I said, because I'm always always a firm believer in the sliding door scenario. And it's like I said, right parking on, like we were both gone, both me and you had different sort of experiences that change your life. And I think it does cause a moment of reflection, definitely. So,
1: yeah,
0: brilliant stuff. Okay.
1: Thank you. So, this one is. This is a piece that I wrote after having a conversation with Anthony Schmirek, actually, who is an amazing poet and, and musical artist from Manchester. And when I was in the hospital, we had a conversation and he said to me, oh, like your car is destroyed, but your body is still here. How cool is that? And I was like, that's amazing. Actually thinking about it that way rather than sitting there and going god what why me Um, and then it got me thinking about the way I've treated my body over the years and and how I've not always been very kind to it and um and just appreciating it so this one is called the body I used to have I remember the body I used to have before she was bent and broken and oh she was magnificent so perhaps I should speak in present tense because she is still here, holding me in a calm embrace, sending off the tornadoes inside my mind and issuing good grace to rested bones. She used to be fluid, gliding like iced water over rocks on mountainsides. We would hop from bar to bar on a cloud of intoxication, and we would drop to our knees on sticky dance floors to serenade the world. We climbed hills. Mountains saw the horizon from the perspective of God and felt whole. Because when we are with nature, we know what it is to be complete. Still, those days are now chalked up to experience. Memories for a memoir that nobody wants to read. the very public diary of a 25-year-old tearaway. Social feeds don't lie. I was there, painted, pointless, in 8-megapixel glory. That was me then. I remember the body I used to have, the one that caged me, iron strong and held my heart together. Life tried to slam a car into me. My badass body told it to get fucked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, what a spec end then. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't swear oh. very often. Oh, no. <laughs> I s- I always make a when You do, when you do poetry. Like, you're gonna swear. Do it, do it with effect. And you got yeah. me. I want to spend to that. Then it's like it's bizarre with me. Like I never swear in poetry. Never ever swear. Then as soon as the got me writing flash fiction like two years ago, <laughs> the f bombs fly out. Liberally,
1: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said for a well-timed swear word. I
0: mean, oh, yeah, it. yeah. She's got. Um, <laughs> got me i'm gonna probably cut i'm gonna cut this bit in a minute anyway but um <laughs> she um, she got me to uh, a book review podcast where um, she, she's been reading a book on pigeonholes if you know what that is that website and it's a good it's a good website to read actually because they, they give you previews of books i like okay. A chat a chat or a, chap, a couple of chapters a day and they spread it out for 10 days so you can read it online that way and there's one gone on there and um, setting the last woman nerf sort of thing and she said, said to me, they were over in the first part. It's come on Amazon for 99 pence. I think you might like this. And I opened it <laughs> up and the first page had four F-bombs on it. <laughs> I thought you There's did, nothing you could...
1: wrong with swearing. Exactly. I did a, whole, did a whole unit at university on the history of swearing. They did, oh, yeah. I did my degree in linguistics. <laughs> and I loved it. It was brilliant. I learned where, where they all come from.
0: Oh, what they have you seen me. that Have you seen that Nicolas Cage programme on Netflix about swearing?
1: No, Nicolas Cage and yeah, swearing. Yeah, oh my
0: yeah. god! I should, I, should, I should treat them for you, okay? Six-part program with Nicolas Cage and the history of swearing. Brilliant. I'm in.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's Amanda for you again. Right. Anyway, so right, we better get on to number three, okay? So right, let me just pause for a second. I'll do a couple of seconds of silence and back to you, okay? Okay. Right, right. Okay. On to point number three.
1: So this is the one that I read at Speakeasy, my first ever performance at Speakeasy, definitely the first of many, I would hope. Um, And this, I like to perform it because it's my empowerment poem. And it's towards the end of the collection. And it's all about kind of grabbing life by the nuts after nearly dying and wanting to feel everything and appreciating the good and the bad. So It's called elephant juice for no particular reason, except I didn't want to call it, I want to feel everything because it just seemed boring. And I know when I was a little girl, we used to mouth elephant juice at each other, which meant I love you. And it just seemed quite fitting. I don't. sometimes the titles invite themselves in. So this is elephant juice. I want to feel everything. Every single little moment, every fragment and shard of existence. I want my lungs to burn with the strain of containing all of this experience. Fill me with sorrow until I feel I am drowning. Wrench my heart from my chest with sharpened claws before replanting it with a softened palm. Pull me into pieces and then stitch me back together with threads of leather. I want to feel everything. Coat me in diamonds and put me on display. Or tuck me inside a coat pocket and hide me away. Bring me dismay on a silver platter. Destroy all the confidence I have that I might matter. In fact, go one better. Try to deny me the fuel that I need, that I use, that inspires me and watch how I burn anyway. Brighter than fireworks because what's for me won't go by me and sometimes life hurts, but I want to feel everything. I want to know the searing pain of loss and then feel it juxtaposed. I want to feel the joy of sunshine pressing on my back. The intense fear of leaving you or losing you. The crack of bones, the smash of glass, the taste of wine, the smell of grass. I want to feel I had a chance and did it all, both clean and crass. I want to feel everything. So give me everything you've got. Send me life's gut punches, serve me tea scalding hot. Don't tell me to stop or try to tell me to stop. Let me feel the pain of losing and the thrill of being top and the thrill of being topped as well, I suppose. Take me to dinner and treat me to roses. Pose with me in toilet mirrors and reject my proposals. Be at my beck and call and have me there at your disposal. I want to feel everything. I want to drink that coffee. That's been shit out by weasels, smoke joints in bars in Bali and face my inner evil on a warm September night. I want to go medieval in the bedroom and then go to a reenactment and drink me beneath the blood moon I want to drink you in. I want to taste your sweat. I want to feel the type of feelings I'll never forget. You Duet with me on drunken nights and kiss me on the neck. I want to feel everything. I want to breathe the whole world in. I want to fly. I want to fall. I want to douse myself in sin. I want to pull you into me until we melt together in the most delicious fuck up that the world could ever revel in. I want to hurt. I want to laugh. I want to let both God and the devil in. I want to cry myself to sleep and feel the earth's benevolence. I want to feel everything. Just that and nothing more. I want a wild buffet of feelings parked outside my brain's back door. I want to sample every colour that the rainbow has to offer. I want to feel my aura change. I want to know I made a dent in this timeline's page. I want to feel everything, so please, take my soul. I trust you to destroy it and to then replace it whole. Break me down to atoms and then turn me into coal. Take me from my prime and rip me a new arsehole and then crush me until I become diamond. Take me down to hell and back because I know I'll always find me. And at the end of all of this, there is just one thing to say, a pronouncement, an announcement. As I declare today, I want to feel everything, absolutely everything. I want to feel it all. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> really really relatable like Rebecca. Fantastic stuff.
1: Thank you.
0: <laughs> right. Okay, we've got time, am I reckoning to go for the, the, the fourth piece?
1: Amazing. So this is one that um was inspired by a little conversation that I had with Lol the other day. Um, and it's all about the way that women are presented in art and um how frustrating it can be as a woman sometimes um, to be treated a particular way just because of your gender. So it's called lads. <laughs> it's a bit ranty, but I think you'll enjoy it. So this is for lol. Lads. It's really quite simple to grasp. If a woman is nervous at your focus on her ass, or her tits or a face or her hands or her hair, it isn't your job to tell her that the threat isn't there. Lads, it's easy. Listen, your mission is to stop making women feel they deserve your permission before they speak up about feeling that ignition of anger when cameras focus on their body and not their talent. When comments pass to shitty, we don't need you to be gallant. We just need you to listen, acknowledge that it's wrong. Hear us when we tell you that we feel we don't belong, when your focus isn't on our words but on stringing us along. If we tell you that you make us feel like meat in a butcher's window, this isn't brand new lingo. Just stop. It's not your job to shout misogyny is gone. Stay in your own lane. Feel your own pain. We will be there to catch you when you're listened to again like you always are. We know it's not all men. But it's enough to make us need to say this time and time again, my chest isn't capital, nor my body a commodity. My lips and tongue make magic of the linguistic sense, and I do this for free. No charge to experience the talent that's inside of me, yet you choose to focus on the superficial bits outside of me and tell me to leave it, to stop calling you out. Tell me it's not necessary to damage someone's clout by telling others that my tits meant more than the stories in my head or that the way they looked somewhere else but my eyes made me feel that insidious dread of the kind that's instilled in women everywhere, the fear that continues to spread. Stop telling me to pipe down. Stop telling me what you said. I heard it. I did not deserve it. And what's worse is that your mates don't get it just because they're men. And nine times out of 10, she's better than them. But it's me who is shut up, me who is gagged. And when I push it, you go for my looks or the way that my tits have begun to sag. because it's easy to attack me for the body that I have when what you actually need to do is reflect, inspect the language you use. And here is when we tell you that it makes us feel used. We aren't being obtuse. It's that it's profuse. We are reduced to a dress and a nice pair of shoes. And if we dare to speak up, we are told to pack it in. Women are there to be looked at, not listened to, so jack it in. And this from men who claim to be the face of masculinity till proffering and profiteering from toxic anti-femininity. Yes, my tits are art, but they're not yours to enjoy. So go back to your bedroom like a teenage boy and think about imagined perfection. Then stare at your reflection and reflect on the fact that it's pure imagination to think any strong woman gives a shit about your opinion. Pack it in, lads. We've all had enough. If you don't want to listen, then seriously, just fuck off. (laughs) There's more swearing in that than I thought
0: there was. I'm starting to get worried about you, Rebecca, to conclude with
1: that. (laughs) I was a bit angry, right away. No, you think...
0: Since when I first met you, people are wondering, I thought we'd wrap up today. Over, <laughs> it. like, um, I thought you and I quite a, quite a serious... I didn't expect to get two poems of the session tonight when they both finished with the F word dropping out. <laughs>
1: it's because I had a conversation... God, I had, I had to block someone off Instagram the other day because I had a conversation where I was genuinely just being a kind person and reaching out to somebody that I thought needed a friend. <laughs> and the, the immediate assumption was that I wanted to sleep with them and oh. it's exhausting and I'm like no I'm just being nice I'm being kind I don't want oh, to sleep and that's what Lowell and I were talking about a bit as well like, yeah, yeah, I,
0: I can see I can see Lowell's influence in that piece hi Lowell <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say there oh, so. well's just
1: Lol's brilliant
0: and Lowe, Lowe. To be like Lowe we, Lowe love, we love we sp- love spot that's both label definitely so right anyway Rebecca I need to chat to you off mic so we're wrap up it's not wrap we're wrap up now so it's been a fantastic <laughs> pleasure today you've given me a good laugh today and Thank you've you. surprised <laughs> me in about four different ways today and that's always a good sign in good. The <laughs> <laughs> so it's been tremendous I want to you're welcome always welcome and again we when you have you ready in the future definitely so and we'll look forward to getting some of your writers on in the future
1: Definitely Thank say. you
0: very much. Right, well, to conclude with guys and girls, as Don Callis at Impact Wrestling always says, they don't think he's they there anymore now." So, so <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Is it your, I still like his name. Stay safe and stay over, and we'll see you all next time. Take care, guys and girls. Spoken, mate.